Welcome back to Dirty 30, the show where Lauren and I talk about just the facts and do so in only 30 minutes. So join us tonight as we follow up on a very terrifying character from last week's episode, The Vampire of Sacramento. This week on the Dirty 30. Are you ready for Dirty 30? The best 30 minutes of your life. So dirty. So how you been, Lauren? Well, Robbie, uh, I've been just dandy, but you also, uh, you got the name wrong in the intro. It's the, the ghost of San Francisco. So. The, the ghost of San Francisco. Yes. That's a that's a different thing. Yeah, that's, that's who we're talking about tonight. I have been good. It's been rainy out like all week. So it has. I was just standing outside in the pouring rain waiting for Miner to poop. Um... And Fun. yeah, and other than that, you know, just uh, my mom is coming to visit this weekend because it's her birthday. I'm so excited. I have to finish unpacking my whole apartment tonight. Oh, good. Yes. So that'll be. She she used to live in a hoarder's nest. I know. Is she going to be concerned about some boxes laying around? Well, it's not even boxes. It's just I have to organize my art stuff. That's the only that's the only thing. So <laughs> she's like, is this for me? I know. She'll be like, oh, you set up a yard sale for me? in the house a yard sale for you just your yeah mom. are you kidding it's her birthday that would be the best birthday present for her she loves yard sailing oh my god <laughs> instead of a bounce house it's an indoor yard sale yeah okay i would like and, that for my birthday and she just gives you good deals like. you, no i give her good deals and then yeah, yeah, she yeah. pays me and then she takes all my shit i think that's a great i think that's great i'm gonna do that <laughs> fuck it i'm not cleaning up my mom can pay me to take my stuff yeah how have you been robbie um good went to kettlehead brewing up in uh what's the tilton what's the tilton and someone said littleton tilton that's really far i have never been i have never been to tilton new hampshire and it is a good reason for it that place is a stinky show oh all right well don't say that we have some listeners from tilton i'm pretty sure my friends are from tilton i'm sorry but kettlehead is awesome kettlehead brewing yeah they make amazing i think they're one of the best uh, brewers in new hampshire i would agree with that hands down i would agree with that i love all their stuff never had a bad beer from them their location is weird I'm not ta- talking about the town i'm talking about their brewery it's like in an old grocery store yeah it's it feels like that when you walk in it's like an old grocery store yeah i wonder what it is i wonder if... well it still has the sliding automatic sliding doors mm-hmm, from when mm-hmm. i think it was a grocery store or something like that i don't know i kind of hope they they get a bigger better building because that place is kind of, like, on the outside, you're just like, ugh. The outside, but the inside is nice. nice. The inside is nice. Yeah, the inside is really nice. I like it in there. They have amazing food, too. But, yeah, it'd be nice if they had a kind of a better better place, better area. That's my only thing. Yeah, Kettlehead, step up your, your game because your beer is good. It is very good. Speaking of delicious, Lauren, we're going to talk about the Vampire of Sacramento. Are you excited? I am. Do we want to say what we're drinking first and then talk about him? Oh, shit, that's right, because it's Dirty 30. Uh, this week on Dirty 30, I am drinking liquor. I found an old bottle of, like, some reserve rum, yeah. Bacardi Reserve rum. I love rum. It's not like their normal, not their normal stuff. It's like the step up, I think. And I was like, huh, I wonder what happens if I mix it with orange juice, and it's pretty good. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that like a, Can't complain. a sunset or something like that? You just put rum and orange juice. A sunset? Yeah, some sex on the beach. You got to throw some cranberry juice in that bitch. A sex on the beach? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Tequila sunrise is with orange juice. Well, maybe this is a rum sunrise. This is a rum sunrise. <laughs> that sounds so horrible. <laughs> but anyway, I'm drinking rum, good rum, and orange juice. What about you, Lauren? Uh, well, I am not drinking liquor, mainly because it's uh, on top of my fridge and I'm too short to reach it. 
and I didn't want to get out the stepladder. So I am drinking Spiritual High Five uh, from Great Notion because I was sad I didn't drink Great Notion last episode. Um, and this is a, I did not know this, but this is a Pilsner with, uh, Buddha's hand fruit. When this is the second, crazy. this is the second beer I've had with Buddha hand in it. Uh, cause that beer that pizza boy brewing sent us had Buddha's, yeah. oh, Buddha's fingers in it. I think, is it the Whatever same it's thing? Called. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the, I same, think it's the thing. same thing. Um, this does not taste like a Pilsner at all in any it's amazing any sort of way i i i was thoroughly confused when i looked at the can and it said pilsner because it has a weird taste but i think that's from the buddha hand oh it's gotta be but then it, it has like that back yeasty taste i was like it kind of tastes more like a saison to me than a pilsner um but like but like a juicy less it yeasty saison oh. it's so weird it's so i weird. was blown away with that it's when i started drinking it and i was like holy shit I'm I'm happy I got two of them. Yeah, I can't wait to drink the other one. It's it's fu- I don't like it as much as Robbie likes it, but oh, you son of a bitch! You're one of those people. I went on Untapped and I just like looked up the ratings for that. There, it's like fifty fifty. Like you either love this beer or everybody was like, it's not for me. And I don't get the people who are saying it's not for me. Yeah, it's 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 not for me. So I might bring over my second one and trade it for a, a different beer for you, Robbie. But um, I I mean. I, it's just it's perplexing. That's all. It's different, which is what I it's like. It's different. It it is different, and it's not bad. I'm not saying it's a bad beer. It's just not one that I would I would drink again because it's not my thing. I swear to God, if you give it a bad rating at the end of this episode, I'm gonna rate it whatever the I can, fuck I can. I can actually it, hit you now. You know that, right? Oh yeah. Oh, and everyone, Robbie and I got together this last week, and it was the best thing that's ever happened to me all year, except for hugging my mom. I got to hug my mom too. <laughs> I hope your mom was above. Yeah, you. my my mom's right above you, but then hugging you is like right there. So we're gonna hopefully oh. be recording some episodes in the future together in the same room as one yeah, we'll cohesive see. unit of humans. <sighs> All right, <Yeah. laughs> moving on. So last week we did a serial killer quiz for Lauren, where we had to test her basic bitchness when it came to true crime. But we briefly spoke about a man nicknamed the Vampire of Sacramento. The Ghost of Sacramento. Remember Francisco. this man? Uh, Richard Chase. And I had, I had literally never heard about this guy until last week's episode. But I did a little digging for that. And it just, everything he was doing was fascinating me. So I had to kind of dedicate an episode to this fucking psycho. He's a fucked up dude. And that is what we are talking about today. We're just going to kind of go over his life and crimes and... It's going to be very interesting. It's fucked up Because this shit. guy should be more notorious than he should be, like, is, you know? I was watching some YouTube videos on him earlier, and I had to stop because it was literally making me nauseous. And I'm it's not, like, I'm not, I don't, I could listen about, like, brutal murders and I'd be totally fine. Lauren this loves guy. murder. Yeah, well, you know, I don't love murder, but, like, I'll, I'll listen to a true crime podcast slash TV show slash radio <laughs> show. Um, but, like, I had to stop listening because I was just, like, I was getting grossed out. I was, yeah, it was gross. Fucked up. Sick to my stomach. We're gonna get into that. So, born in 1950, Richard Chase was raised in a strict household and was often beaten by his father, as you know, normal scenario for a serial killer. In his teens, he became an alcoholic and also developed a penchant for killing and mutilating animals and fire starting. All common traits among serial killers in their youth. I wouldn't even say their youth. I would say as an adult too. It's just. Did you say bedwetting in that? I did not say bedwetting. Oh, he was a bedwetter too. 
Was he a bedwetter? He was a bedwetter. Yes. Come on, Murderpedia. That's like that's the that's what they call guys. the McDonald's like trifecta or something like that. You know, because it's the got the, like the what? three golden arches. I don't know. If that's what they call it. The golden arches are bedwetting, fire starting, yeah, it's like and the, the trifecta. Animals. The trifecta for being a fucking psycho, like a psychopath. Is... What's that got to do with the golden arches? I don't know. That's what they call it. That's a thing. It's a thing. But up up up. Yeah, McDonald's bringing serial it. killers to you from nineteen. 50, you know. <laughs> so in high school, Chase had a handful of girlfriends, none of whom were able to maintain a steady relationship with, partly due to his inability to achieve or maintain an erection, and because of an inability to become aroused in the presence of females. So he was so a That's homo. unfortunate right there. He, <laughs> he could have been. Uh, upon consulting a psychiatrist, Chase was told that the root of his problems was either rep repressed rage or mental illness. Chase did not seek any further treatment after this diagnosis. It would later be determined that Chase had an aversion to conventional sex and could only achieve arousal and orgasm through violent or disturbed acts, such as killing animals and necrophilia. Gross. Which this guy's this is a cool dude. This is already a pretty cool dude. You know? Cool is not the word that I would use to describe <laughs> this dude, Robbie. Are you sure? This sounds like a pretty cool dude nope. right now. Nope. Uh, as an adult, Chase moved back in with his mother, which is horrifying for everybody, that's I think. That's some... That's some uh, Norman Bates shit for you right there. Right. Where he began to accuse his mother of attempting to murder him via poison. She probably Chase's was. Father, oh, I mean, I will get to that. Chase's father purchased an apartment for him and forced him to move out of the house. Probably a smart move on dad's part. Yes. Alone in his new apartment, Chase began to capture, kill, and disembowel various animals, which he would then devour raw, which is rough. He then began to put the entrails of animals he had killed into a blender in order to make smoothies, which was one of the questions with Coke. that I asked you. With Coca-Cola. Or not Tab. Not Tab. Coca-Cola. Same difference. Don't you ever say that. <laughs> <laughs> I like Pepsi. Uh, oh, you sick son of a bitch. Chase reasoned that by drinking these smoothies, he was preventing his heart from shrinking. He feared that if it shrank too much, it would disappear and then he would die. So clearly he's mentally fine, right? He is so <laughs> mentally stable, he's, Robbie. I don't know anyone more mentally stable good. than this guy. He used to also think, like, people stole his pulmonary artery. Like, he would just, like, burst into, like, emergency ER. rooms and, like, fucking accuse people of stealing his pulmonary artery. We might get there, Lawrence. Don't, don't jump right, ahead. So <laughs> I get so excited with my fun facts, Robbie. <laughs> Your fun facts and murder. Fun facts. In 1975... Chase was involuntarily committed to a mental institution after being taken to a hospital for blood poisoning, which he contracted after injecting rabbit's blood into his veins. Correct. That's Cause, insane. Because he thought that his blood was like turning to dust or something like that. It's like Charlie Sheen's tiger blood, but to a, you know, a lesser level. Isn't that for like limbido? He didn't actually. He, Charlie Sheen didn't inject tiger blood. It was one of the crazy things he said. Remember when he was off the rails on cocaine? Robbie, I've never like paid anything attention, any attention at all to Charlie Sheen at all. Wow, you missed a whole. You need to look that up. I know he had a rough. I know he had a rough go moment. for a, a hot minute there, but I don't know anything oh, about man. it. Uh, Chase later escaped from the hospital and went home to his mother. He was apprehended and sent to an institution for the criminally insane, where he often shared with the staff fantasies about killing rabbits. He was once found with blood smeared around his mouth. Hospital staff discovered that he had captured two birds through the bars of his bedroom window, snapped their necks, and sucked their blood out. 
That's dedication. Totally Catching a fucking bird. Totally sane. You ever tried to catch a bird? I had a bird land on my head once. Really? Yeah, right in my hair. But did you catch it? I could have <laughs> if I knew it was a bird. I felt something touch my hair, and I was like, what's that? And then I touched it, it was a bird, and it flew away. I could have caught it. That was one bird. He he caught two birds. <laughs> well, I wonder if he That's like impressive. stole bread or something and like, left it on the like windowsill. I mean, it's definitely possible. Uh, among themselves, the staff began to refer to him as Dracula. Rightfully so, I guess. After undergoing a battery of treatments involving psychotropic drugs, Chase was deemed no longer a danger to society. And in 1976, he was released into the recognizance of his parents. So at least there was some possible supervision. Also, he was on the correct medication for whatever the fuck his psych problem was. Yeah. But his mother, deciding that her son did not need to be on, on anti-schizophrenic medication that had been prescribed, she weaned him off of it. If the <laughs> listeners could see my face right now, the eyes are rolling. Roll on my eye. Fucking mama. What the fuck is wrong with people? I guess it, this is right? probably like the 70s, so they don't really get it. But like, don't wean yourself off psych meds, especially for the something like schizophrenia. Do you think the 70s had anything to do with it? Nowadays, I bet you people are stupid enough to be like, my son doesn't need anti-schizophrenic medication. If he wants to talk to Hitler and the aliens, that's perfectly fine. They're like, okay. His parents put him up in another apartment. I think this might have been the one. the one with the, the one uh, where he began to capture, torture to death, and then drink the blood of rabbits, dogs, and cats. On occasion, he killed and ate neighbor's pets and at least once contacted the neighbor by telephone to explain what he had done to his pet. Yes. Also, this apartment, he had up. gotten an apartment with roommates. Yeah. And he did not give a fuck about roommates. He was always, uh, he was like on LSD all the time. He was smoking weed all the time. He was <laughs> drunk all the time. He would walk around naked with guests there. His roommates were like, bro, put some clothes on. He was like, I don't give a fuck about you. Uh, I would move out of there pretty fucking quick. Well, the, the roommates asked him to move. He didn't move. He, like, kept himself stanky and shit, had all this gross stuff around. So the roommates ended up moving out. They're like, I can't take this. Didn't he, like, nail him? Uh, not nail himself. He nailed his, like, bedroom door shut or something his crazy His closet like that. door shut because, closet, something. because people were invading his personal space. He, the guy is crazy. Yeah. He's literally yeah, crazy. He's, obviously. At the same time, he had developed a fascination for firearms and purchased several handguns, which he uh, practiced obsessively with. He also became fascinated by the crimes of the Hillside Strangler. He believed the Strangler was also the victim of Nazi UFO conspiracy that he believed he was also the victim of. Correct. So, I mean, that's cool. This guy's cool, Lauren. I don't know how you don't understand. And the whole Nazi thing, that cool that was, was like a, a, a common theme throughout like the start of all the schizophrenia. The UFO stuff came a little later. So that yeah. got tacked on. It wasn't always Nazis and UFO. The UFO came out. Well, it wasn't after. always Nazis and UFOs. <laughs> it wasn't always Nazis and UFOs. Chase also began to lose interest in caring for himself. He neglected personal hygiene, such as bathing, grooming, and brushing his teeth. He stopped eating and dropped to the fairly meager weight of 145 pounds. One day in 1977, Chase rang his mother's doorbell and greeted her by thrusting a dead cat in her face. He then threw the cat to the ground, knelt down, ripped its stomach open with his bare hands, and stuck his hands inside the cat, smearing the blood all over his face while screaming. His mother calmly returned inside the house and did not report the incident to anybody. <laughs> you know why? Because she's the one who got him off the fucking meds. Mom's a, a little bit of an enabler. A little bit of an enabler. 
On August 3rd, 1977, Nevada State Police discovered Chase's Ford Ranchero lodged in a sand drift near Pyramid Lake, Nevada. Inside were two rifles, a pile of clothes, a bucket full of blood, and a cow's liver. Because if you're going on a road trip, you want a bucket of blood, right? The officers tracked down Chase, who was naked and screaming in the sand, soaked from head to toe in blood. When questioned, he claimed that the blood was his own and that it had leaked out of him through his flesh. On December of, of that same year, Chase fired a 22 caliber handgun into the home of a Sacramento woman. A police search of the woman's home found the slug in her kitchen. Thankfully, no one was harmed. This was kind of his, like, test fire, I'm assuming. Yeah, his warm-up game. Two days later, on the same month, Chase killed his first victim in a drive-by shooting in an apparent warm-up for the crimes he planned on committing. The victim was Ambrose Griffin, a 51-year-old engineer and father of two who was helping his wife bring groceries into the home. So sad. One of Griffin's sons reported seeing a neighbor walking around their East Sacramento neighborhood with a 22 caliber rifle earlier that week. The neighbor's rifle was seized, but ballistic tests determined that it was not the murder weapon. However, it was determined that the 22 caliber used to kill Ambrose Griffin was the same one used to fire the bullet into the kitchen of the Sacramento woman's house two days before. I like how there's just multiple people walking around with 22s. Just, just, just shooting, shooting around with with fucking seventies. Seventies, it's fine. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, this brings us to our second murder. On January eleventh, nineteen seventy-eight, Chase asked his neighbor for a cigarette and then forcibly restrained her until she gave him the, the entire pack. Once again, just the coolest dude we know. Two weeks later, he attempted Maybe. to enter the home of another woman, but finding that the doors were locked, went into her backyard and walked away. Chase later told detectives that he took locked doors as a sign that he was not welcome, but that unlocked doors were an invitation to come inside, which is part of the vampire, you know, Lord. moniker. Yeah. You gotta be invited in. While wandering around, he encountered a girl named Na Nancy Holden, with whom he attended high school with. He attempted to get a ride from her, but frightened by his appearance, she refused. Good job, uh, fucking Nancy. Nancy? Sure. Unfortunately, he went down the street where he broke into the home of a young married couple, stole some of their valuables, urinated into a drawer of their infant's clothing, and defecated on their son's bed. Rude. The couple came home while Chase was still in the house. The husband attacked him, but Chase escaped. Chase continued to attempt to enter homes until he came across the home of David and Teresa Wallen. David was at work. Teresa, three months pregnant, was in the middle. This is where this really gets fucked it's up, good. by this the way. Is, this is where I had to stop. I was just like, I, I heard this and this I was like, I can't listen to this anymore. Yeah. Uh, Teresa, three months pregnant, was in the middle of taking out the garbage and thus had left the front door unlocked. Chase surprised her in the home and shot her three times. Once in the hand as a defensive wound and twice in the head, killing her. It was the same gun used to kill Ambrose Griffin. Chase then dragged her body to her bedroom and then raped her post-mortem while repeatedly stabbing her with a butcher knife. I always I always found that sentiment weird. Stabbing with a butcher knife. Butcher knives, you can't really stab somebody with. You can hack them. That's a cleaver. You know what I mean? Like their whole... Isn't that a cleaver? A butcher knife and a cleaver are the same thing? Yeah. So that's why I never understood what I said stabbing hack. with a butcher knife. Maybe they're just, just using the wrong... She, they should have said hacked with it. I feel like that's yeah. the correct hacked verbiage with a, hacked to use. with a butcher knife. Yeah. Well, either way, he did some mutilation after the fact. Pretty, oh, we're getting more into it. Yeah, even more. When he had finished, he carved the corpse open and removed several of her internal organs, using a bucket to collect the blood and then taking it to the bathroom to bathe in, as one does. He then sliced off her nipple and drank her blood using an empty yogurt container as a drinking glass. You're in the home, dude. Just go get a normal glass. Why do you got to use an empty Activia. yogurt container? 
He got the Activia. He got that. Uh... He's just trying to get some extra probiotics in there. Yeah, that what is that? That bifidus regularis shit in yeah. his stomach. You know what I mean? Well, maybe he's a little blood. irregular from all the fucking coagulated yeah, exactly. blood in his gut. <laughs> Before leaving, he went into the yard, found a pile of dog shit, and returned to stuff it into the corpse, the corpse's mouth and throat. Like what the fuck? Like let's just let's just That's like so how? Fucked. I mean, clearly he's insane. So there's no way for us to rationalize what he was thinking. But like, wow, why? Why? But even people, even people like Bundy and Gacy didn't do shit like that. No pun intended. Well, that's because they're they're like sociopaths, you know. Like this guy's a psych, like a psychopath. <laughs> There's a difference. He's, this guy yeah, is that's, literally that's insane. That's true, but I mean, they're both psychopaths. Yeah. Those guys aren't insane. He has this guy is just fraught with mental. Those guys illness. weren't insane. Well, they're in. Well, it's a different <laughs> kind, you know. Like this guy has is a, clearly a very severe mental illness. Bundy I'm, didn't I'm have schizophrenia, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this guy is fucked in the head. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm sure the schizophrenia like escalated some of this. Oh, crazy for sure. This guy was obviously. probably going to be a serial killer regardless, but like the schizophrenia yeah. is where the dog <clears throat> shit comes in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This leads to his third murder, uh, which is even more fucked up than his his previous one. On January 23rd, 1978, two days after killing Teresa Wallen. Chase purchased two puppies from a neighbor, which he then killed and drank the blood of, leaving the bodies on the neighbor's front lawn. That's the worst. <laughs> what a, what oh, a that's fucking so, monster. That's so fucked up. On January 27th, Chase committed his final murder, which also qualifies him as a mass murder. He entered the home of 38-year-old Evelyn Miroth, who was babysitting her 22-month-old nephew, David. 22-month-old, 20, so one. He was one. Uh, 22 months. Yeah. No, that's one. He's yes, almost he two. Was one. He's almost two. I know. I hate when people do that. 20, he's 22 months old. No, he's one. He's one. And he's about to have a birthday. He's almost 22 two. month old nephew, David. Also present in the home was Evelyn's six year old son, Jason and Dan Meredith, a neighbor who had come over to check on Evelyn. Evelyn was in the bath while Dan watched the children. He went into the front hallway when Chase entered the home and was shot in the head at point blank range with Chase's handgun. Oh no. Killing him again with the same gun used in the Griffin and Wallen murders. Chase then turned the corpse over and stole Dan's wallet and car keys. Jason ran to his mother's bedroom where Chase fatally shot him twice in the head at point blank range. Which poor child. He was a six year old kid. That's so fucked up. On the way to killing Jason, Chase also shot David in the head, which is the one-year-old little boy. What the fuck? Like, what the almost f- two. Like it- He's almost two. Oh, almost two. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's so fucked up. Uh, Chase then entered the bathroom and fatally shot Evelyn in the head. He dragged her corpse onto the bed, where he simultaneously sodomized it and drank uh, its blood from a series of slices on the back of her neck. Ew. Jesus Christ. I've already read this once, and reading it again, I'm like, good lord. Medical examiners reported an inordinate amount of semen in the corpse's rectum, indicating that, an, uh, <laughs> and in quote, quotes, indicating an unusual amount of ejaculations. So I'm, I'm assuming that means he, like, raped it, the body twice. Uh, more than I'm one. Guessing. There like, was you know, more one, more than one sodomization, I think. Yeah, the an unusual amount. Robbie's air quoting thing. hard over there. Uh, they, they air quoted it. They physically quoted they it. They physically, you're air quoting. Different. All right. When Chase had finished, he had stabbed her at least half a dozen times in the anus, the knife penetrating her uterus. She was pregnant, remember? She was? He stabbed her in it. The, the girl was. The woman was. Evelyn? She was pregnant. Yeah, yeah. So that's the second pregnant woman. 
The first one. Yeah, I think so. The first one was pregnant. First one. Teresa was pregnant, I think. Oh. The dog, the dog feces lady. He stabbed her in a series of vital points in the body, which all caused blood from her internal organs to pool into her abdomen, which he then sliced open and drank uh, and drained into a bucket. He then consumed all of the blood. Chase then went down to retrieve David's corpse. He took it to the bathroom and split his skull open in the bathtub and consumed some of the brain matter. Why? Like, Jesus Christ. I See, know. I stopped listening after he... the first murder. I didn't even get this far. The UFO Nazis. UFO Nazis. That's where I could draw yeah. the line. Anything after that. Right. Outside, a 60-year-old girl with whom Jason Miroth had a play date with knocked on the door, startling Chase. He fled the residence, stealing Dan Meredith's car. The girl then alerted neighbors. The neighbor, uh, one of the adult neighbors, broke into the Miroth home where he discovered the bodies and contacted authorities. Can you imagine finding that crime scene? I was literally just going to say, could you imagine being the person that walks in the house to see that? Yeah. It's one thing to find somebody, like, shot or stabbed, but it's like, oh, okay. That extent of mutilation, the amount of therapy that that person is going to need. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Upon entering the home, police discovered that Chase had left perfect handprints and perfect imprints of the soles of his shoes in Evelyn's blood. Chase, meanwhile, took David's corpse home with him. Of course he did. Where he chopped off his... (laughs) Oh, it gets worse. Where he chopped off his penis and used it as a straw through which he sucked the blood out of the body. What? What? <laughs> this is what? what? This is what, I told you he's fucked. What? He then sliced the corpse open and consumed several internal organs and made smoothies out of others, finally disposing of the corpse at a nearby church. What? <laughs> I'm going to take a drink right here. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to... I just... I'm going to throw up. This is gross. Five days after the mass murder and after hearing the FBI profile, Nancy Holden, the girl who refused him to give him a ride... Yeah, his old schoolmate. Contacted police saying that she believed Richard Chase to be the killer. The police ran a background check on Chase where they came across his registration of the 22 caliber handgun. Uh, detectives and a team of police went to Chase's apartment where they asked to speak with him. Chase refused. Then detectives and the police hid down the hallway and waited for Chris to leave, arresting him when he left his apartment carrying a bloodstained box. His parka and shoes were likewise uh, bloodstained. Inside of the apartment were pieces of shredded, blood-soaked wallpaper and the blood-stained 22 caliber with which he had committed his murders. Chase claimed that the bloody wallpaper and bloody gun were a result of killing several dogs. <laughs> because that's also a good thing to tell police. makes it better. <laughs> when the police performed a search of Chase's property, they found that he was carrying Dan Meredith's wallet, the guy that he had killed earlier. Detectives found the walls floor, ceiling, refrigerator, and all of Chase's eating and drinking utensils soaked in blood. On the counter was a blender Chase had used to make his famous smoothies. It was caked in coagulated blood and the rotting matter of internal organs. Inside the refrigerator, police found several animal body parts wrapped in aluminum foil. David's brains found in a Tupperware container and pieces of his body wrapped in saran wrap. Well, you gotta and keep it of, Right? It's a commercial for saran wrap. Tupperware. Uh, and, and several of Evelyn Miroth and Teresa Wallen's internal organs were also found in the fridge. On another counter were several pet collars. Uh, on his kitchen table, he had spread out numerous diagrams depicting various aspects of human biology. This guy was a winner. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
1979, Chase stood trial on six counts of murder. In order to avoid the death penalty, the defense tried to have Chase found guilty of second-degree murder, which would result in just a life sentence instead of death. Their case hinged on Chase's history and of mental illness and the lack of planning in his crimes, evidence that they were not premeditated. At that point, who gives a fuck about premeditation when he was drinking someone's blood with their, their cut-off penis? Yes. Right? <laughs> like, I don't give a shit if it was premeditated or not. I think at that point it's like the, is this, it was, it, I think it's a sanity thing at this point. Like, he's clearly insane. Oh, he's fucking insane, which is why they, like, it doesn't, I don't think it matters. You should have just fucking, like, roasted the guy. Well, they should have put him way. back on his fucking psych meds and put him in an institution <laughs> for the rest of his life. And then a little special chair that's connected to all the electricity poles. <laughs> <laughs> On May 8th, the jury found Chase guilty of six counts of first-degree murder. Only six? Only, he only killed six people. He had the the guy, the two kids, the two ladies, and then that one of the ladies was pregnant. They didn't count that fetus as a... 1970s? I yeah, don't know I if guess... they really... Well, I, you know think, I, mean? I feel like, like oh, they would have. And then the guy that they who ate, knows? his first victim, the guy he shot. Who knows? Four, five, uh, Chase also, during prison time, Chase also granted a series of interviews with Robert Ressler, during which he spoke of his fears of Nazis and UFOs, claiming that although he had killed, it was not his fault. He had been forced to kill to keep himself alive, which he believed any person would do. He asked Ressler to give him access to a radar gun <laughs> with which he could apprehend a Nazi UFO. Is that so all that it the takes? Nazis, yeah, radar right? gun? So that the Nazis... <laughs> So that the Nazis could stand trial for the murders that he had done. He also handed Wrestler a large amount of macaroni and cheese, which he had been hoarding in his pants pockets, believing that the prison officials were in league with the Nazis and attempting to kill him. <laughs> mac and cheese in I, his pockets? That's that's actually a good call. I wish I had mac and cheese in my pockets a lot of the time. I've seen your pockets. That's probably not a good call at all. On December 26, 1980, the day after Christmas, a guard doing cell checks found Chase lying awkwardly on his bed, not breathing. An autopsy determined that Chase committed suicide with an overdose of prison doctor-subscribed antidepressants that he had been saving up for the last few weeks. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah? No. Okay. No, not really. What the fuck? Well, it's kind of sad because, you, you know, I wonder what his life would have been like if his mom hadn't weaned him off those antipsychotics that he had, like, when he I had his probably illness still, under control. I don't think you, I think you would have still killed. I, I, I like. think that this guy had some pretty serialist, serial killer-like tendencies before that, but you yeah. also don't know, like, how early this mental illness, like, took effect. Like, yeah, he was abused when he was a kid. Also, I wonder if he had, if if this was nowadays, and he had his mental illness under control, if, like, wet, you know, like, the weird, like, I am a vampire, you know, like, those shows <laughs> that, like, it's, like, people that, like, think they're vampires, and then you can, like, buy blood online, and, like, they drink blood, and, like, they have their little vampire cult. Blood. Like, you think that he would have just, like, found that online and, like, joined one of those cults and, like, not become a serial killer and just, like. No, because he still had the serial killer vibe in him. He had the McDonald trifecta. That's because, ba -ba -ba -ba, because <laughs> that's what they always say about serial killers is they start out with animals and then animals don't become sufficient. It's enough, not always. So they move though. on to humans. It's not, it's not always that, but that is a sign. But he was a bedwetter. He had, he was arsoning. Is that a verb? Arsoning? He was starting. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> he was, he was. He was arsoning. He was arsoning. 
and and he had cruelty in you know killing animals so the guy i think he would killed regardless the guy's fucked and i think his mental illness just made him real wacko yeah i think i think he would have still killed but i think his schizophrenia made the killings way more crazy i think that's all it was but i think he still would have killed i feel like this guy needed a whole episode to talk about I, I he's he's not as famous in in a bad way as he should be. Like this is fucking bad shit. Before we go, we're gonna rate our drinks real quick. I drank some Bacardi Reserve rum with orange juice, a combination I've never actually done before, but it was good. It wasn't that bad. But as for mixed drinks go, yeah, it's a two. It's a two. I could have made it way better if we had more stuff. So. Well, next time, Robbie. Next time. I drank Spiritual High Five from Great Notion Brewing, uh, which was a Pilsner with Buddha's Hand Fruit, 5.75% ABV. I don't think I mentioned that in the beginning. The can art is beautiful. It's a guy juggling on a bike. Uh, fire sticks. Juggling fire sticks on a bike. Their can art's always the best. The beer is very bizarre. Uh, it, it is. If you see this and you buy it, just be prepared. It does not taste like a Pilsner in any way, shape, or form. Maybe a little bit of the yeast. That's about it. Uh, I'm going to give this a three for creativity. Otherwise, it would probably get a 2.75 only because it's not really my flair. But I really like the use of Buddha hand and that it's a Pilsner, but it doesn't taste like a Pilsner. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a three. I think I gave it a four, a four, five or a four, two, five on untapped for myself. I can understand for some for somebody because you like Pilsners and you like that yeasty flavor. Like for somebody... Like me, who does not like that flavor in their beer, like I can understand why you would rate it so high because it, it is a pretty predominant flavor in that yeah. beer. Well, that's just about wraps up for this episode. We talked about the vampire of Sacramento. You can find the brew interviews on our Instagram account at the brew interviews or on Twitter at brew interviews. You can also send us an email at the brew interviews at gmail.com or on Facebook under the brew interviews. And if you feel so inclined, you can head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the brew interviews and become part of the brew interviews family. Just like these people, Hillary, Mitch, Steph, Karen, Danny, Jess, the Wreck My Podcast crew, and Kylie of the Golden Ghouls. Thank you very much for supporting the show. Also be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us out. And finally, I would like to thank our sponsors, Shirts on Tap. Remember to use our promo code BREWINTERVIEWS, all one word, for $10 off your first month's box. And adamandeve.com by using our promo code BREW4U, that's BREW the number for you, and get 50% off almost any one item. And when you do, you also get 10 free special gifts. So get yourself something nice and help with the show at the same exact time. For the Brew Interviews, I'm Robbie. And I'm Lauren. Good night. Good night. This has been the Brew Interviews, a podcast about craft beers coast to coast with Lauren and Robbie. Fun facts and murder.